Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. X-Pac, one, two, three, sixty. A new day is dawning for DX. And now, your host, Sean, X-Pac Wolfman. Welcome to X-Pac, one, two, three, sixty, everyone. <laughs> that was grand. Know. It was very uh, booming. I was all animated for all the people <laughs> watching. Anyways. Your conductor, everyone. Thank you for joining us again each and every week. Uh, it's going to be a good show. A little bit later on, we're going to be joined uh, by Dave Lagana, and he's going to talk about, uh, well, we are going to talk about the Crockett Cup, yeah. which when I was a kid, uh, when I was younger, it was uh, one of the really cool, um, you know, big yeah. wrestling extravaganzas by the, by the Crockett's. So. Now, out of the three Crockett Cups, which do you have a favorite that you remember the most? I only remember the two, you okay. know? I only remember two of them, and... Uh, and they kind of blend together a little bit. Um, do I have something on my... No, that was all me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like, I'm looking over here at Denise, and she's, like, wiping her thing, and I, wiping her face, I and I think she was trying to give me the... the thought you were trying to give me the Iggy, that I got a booger on my mustache no. or something. Let's talk about Denise some more. <laughs> I think is what we need to do. So, anyways, no, I just... You know, there were some really cool things about the Crockett Cup. Uh, well, one was when... Um, you know when Magnum came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you remember that that moment. You know mm-hmm. after you know, uh, you know the big the car accident and yep. all that. Um, and he'll be appearing mm-hmm. on April twenty seventh, which is totally like mm-hmm. so like appropriate, right? Yep. And uh, um, anyways, we'll talk about the crack a cup a little bit later when Dave comes on. Yes, we will. And there's just you know there's a lot going on in uh, wrestling. So I think Denise can probably clue right. us in a little bit. I'll go, ahead us, and, Denise. I'll go ahead and clue you guys in. I'll stop scratching my face with a pen. All right. <laughs> so the most popular, I guess you can say, luchadors right now, bringing in the hype of lucha into the United States, the Lucha Brothers, Phoenix, and Pentagon Jr. may be headed to all elite wrestling as non-exclusive talent. During a show in Georgia, the Lucha Brothers had a, I guess you can say, a moment with the Young Bucks after they faced Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels yes. in a match. The Young, excuse me, the Young Bucks came out and they basically said, you guys are the second best tag team in the world. If you guys want to prove that you guys are the best, you guys should come to All Elite Wrestling. In the end, they had a um, handshake between yes. the Bucks and yeah. the Lucha Brothers. Yeah. So there you go. All right. I think, uh, okay, when it comes to, okay, let me just talk about Mexico for a second when it comes to those guys. Uh those guys, those two fellows, are such big deals, and they're so valuable that all the companies down there that hate each other are willing to share sure. them. Mm. Just like back in the day when you had Mil Mascaros. There was, you know, mm. uh, uh, there's Mil, there was a few other ones. Io Del Santo, uh, you know, some other ones that could jump to whatever and do independent stuff and... And what have you down in, in Mexico. And it seems like those guys are, uh, you know, 
to me, kind of like uh, they must be of that caliber because uh, you know, you know, they're working for AAA. They work some for CMLL. Am I correct, Denise? AAA, CMLL, which is the two companies that you're referring that to point. about the uh, <laughs> confliction. And when <laughs> I actually spoke with Ray Phoenix, he actually <laughs> said that that was like you know, it's he he called it a beautiful thing that the fact that these two companies were able to set their anger aside to let them come out and do what they do best. So that's really nice for them. But AAA, CMLL, MLW, Impact, and they still have three seasons left. In their Lucha Underground contract. Hey. And and you know what? Those guys, uh, um, not just anyone in wrestling can get away with that, right? I mean, there's like, okay, if I'm thinking of others that are available right now, well, none of it. Like, there's Jericho. Mm-hmm. There was Ray uh, Mysterio before he signed back with mm-hmm. Vince. Johnny so, Mundo. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, yeah. But Johnny doesn't get it. Well, yeah, he does, but he does. It's not like he was going and doing, you know, Crown Jewel and then, mm-hmm. you know, and then, uh, you know, all in or, you know, kind of like Ray. Yeah. yeah. Is, what I, is what I'm saying. Okay. So, yes, in his in his own right. Yeah, totally. Johnny is right up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, where was I? Well, essentially, <laughs> I think one of the things that we should bring up is the fact that, you know, because the Lucha Brothers have their contract with Lucha Underground, yeah. and they are pivotal to Lucha Underground yeah. and their success, basically, they have to have that permission from Dorian and from Lucha Underground AAA to be able to work with All Elite Wrestling. Now, obviously, they were able to do All In, so chances are that they will be at Double or Nothing, and they might be appearing, I don't know, this is all my assumptions, yeah. they might be appearing on a weekly basis once All Elite Wrestling gets kicked. Yes. And the only reason why I say that is because Dorian does like for his talent to appear on U.S. television because, you know, it makes them look a lot sure. grander. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> but some talent are still not allowed to do anything. Like I know, uh, for example, I believe Joey Ryan, Eva Lise, a few others, their contract must be different because they're kind of locked into that Lucha Underground. So I'm a very, it's a very murky waters right now with Lucha Underground in the contract situation. Yeah. I think it's a challenge thing. I think if you're big enough, you can just go, sue me. And then they realize they might not want to be Perhaps. in a public legal battle that I think a lot of people on the undercard of Lucha Underground just don't have that clout. Well, I think there was a brief window where people were allowed out of the exclusive contract. Some jumped out, some stayed in, so that could be it too. <coughs> well, that's right, what well, essentially here's, happened here's, with Joey. And- here's a potential... Uh, issue when you're trying to sell like you know your tv show or potential tv show Mm -hmm. to a major network they're not going to want like your you know some of your main talent you know just being able to show up on other people's television absolutely that's a that's an Mm -hmm. issue that's a real issue Mm -hmm. that i'm sure like uh i don't know like you know how how they're going to and work around that. The networks that AEW is rumored to be talking to. That would be an would, issue for them. That would be 100% an issue for them. And I'm sure AEW is coming to them with a plan of these are these are the contracts we're giving our current talent. Yeah. yeah. That they'll be all of our current talent that will appear on our television show will be locked up in a way that they won't appear anywhere else. No, no question. And well, if they, yeah. Right now, for this moment in time, though, for Phoenix and Pentagon, it's very good because they're one of the only few guys that are actually making the rounds and working yeah. everybody. Impact is bending backwards for them to go and work as many possible shows as show. And for WrestleMania, they're actually moving their state, actually push their their show to like 11 o'clock just so the Lucha Brothers can go and fulfill other commitment, commitments. So they're doing that all that they possibly can for them to make as much money as possible and keep yeah. them happy. So the Lucha Brothers 
others, because they're able to sort of get away with being able to work with everybody, I feel that, that that's what might keep them uh, non-exclusive for a while. Asa, was there an issue? Like, I, I, I read a Kurt, a Kurt Bauer tweet that mm. said that those guys stormed out of the uh, ECW arena after the tag match with, the day, with uh, Harry and uh, Teddy. So I didn't read that part of the tweet. I didn't was read that, that part. storyline shit? I, that might be storyline. Okay. But I did read Court Bauer's tweet, which he basically said that, you know, there that he wanted to thank the Lucha Brothers for seven months of being in MLW yeah. and that he was thankful for everything that they did. It was essentially a goodbye tweet. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to read into it however you want with that. Um, I'm just curious because it looked like there was some cooperation issues in that match from uh, from uh from Philly, from the MLW mm. show the other night. Mm. Okay. Yeah. What, everyone's all of a sudden going to act like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, no. <laughs> Give me a break. You guys were watching, too, Are talking too, about right? Harry Smith and yes. Phoenix yeah. situation? And Teddy. It looked like Teddy wasn't too happy at one point towards the end. Like, I don't know if something happened to his nose or or whatever, but, like, I know Teddy, and, like, I could tell, like, the look on his face at, at, at the end there. So uh, it did. It didn't look like it went as smooth as it could have. Yeah. Although I enjoyed it. Oh, it was great. Very yeah. entertaining. I enjoyed that show. I enjoyed watching that show from ECW Arena because I, I like the the look, the aesthetics mm-hmm. of the building on sure. TV, as opposed to the one they do down in Miami. I'm not a big fan of. Me either. Because I like the promotion. I just it's important the look of the TV. Mm-hmm. I also the ECW Arena. I've only ever known it as a former bingo hall yeah. that turned into that arena. So I actually really, really like the aesthetic of the ECW mm-hmm. arena. That it, it's, it just shows decades of remodeling. Yes. From being a, bing, a bingo hall, no one used. Oh, the first now time being, I went in there. Oh my god. Oh, it's. <laughs> Who we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now it's it's mm-hmm. conducive for television. Yes. Yeah. So there you go. Now, before we move on to the next topic, I do want to mention, obviously, we have Jimbo back, and Jimbo does the Lucha Underground show. (laughs) Um, So I do want to bring up the Lucha Underground topic. So a lot of people uh, suspect that Lucha Underground is done, that they're no longer going to be a thing, even though they still have people under contract, which we talked previously about this show. However, I have a new theory. So AAA recently got a new TV deal with TV Azteca, which means they are going to be having new money, including they have TV deals with Twitch, with Space, and Multi medios so i'm just gonna throw this theory out there i think that because lucha underground i mean sorry triple a is coming into some new money i think that that may be the seed money to fund a new season of lucha underground and i feel that no one's talked about that yet so i just kind of wanted to throw it out there and see what happens so you're saying they're going to film it on their own and then try to sell it aside from el rey is that your theory no well my theory is because triple a is the parent company of of uh, Lucha Underground, right. that they're going to use that money that they're getting from TV Azteca and from their other what deals the to, help fund, to help fund, um, they're the parent company, essentially, with, I don't know how to explain that, well, other parent like company. Mark, Ye- it's not like the Mark Burnett production. Yeah. It's like, I feel like it's a production company that's, yeah. they, well, they've been way, out of Mark Burnett. I feel that oh, they've been out of that. that? With that money, though, I think that that's what they can use to help fund Lucha Underground if they obviously want to keep it together. Mm. So you think that because they got this money, they're just going to invest it in season five of Lucha Underground? Correct. And, and let's that's just hold everyone in purgatory while we uh, yeah, right. that while out. we sit and pick our ass and figure out what the fuck we're going to do. Anyways. I think I think the AEW deal is crucial to whatever. If if AEW can get TV before Double or Nothing. A lot. It'll be TV under a network that'll be big enough to literally just jump in and say, "Hey, we'll sue you." But if they we'll get take t- these guys and sue you, they're not going to announce a TV deal before Double or Nothing. They're going to wait till after that, I think. That, they're going to po- get TV. It depends. Right. It depends how close they are. I think. 
I don't think they're as close as people are saying they. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. If they can, kinda, they would. I'll be honest with you. I've forgotten about Lucha Underground. Same here. Out of sight, out of mind. Yes. Goodbye. <laughs> Sorry. Just be honest heard, with you. We I, haven't heard I mean, any I, talks I'm all of it for, back. you know, good wrestling and, and different stuff. And I love, you know, the, the their take on how to present wrestling. But, like, not if you're going to, you know, I, you know, have bullshit contracts that hold people in, in purgatory yeah. mm-hmm. that need to make a living. You know, it's, you know, yeah. sorry. It's bullshit. Well, the last season ended with Jack Swagger and Wade Barrett <clears throat> showing up and being, like, the new gods and where they're going to go into <clears throat> season five. And Jack Swagger won his first MMA fight, and as soon as he was done, he's like, I plan on being here for a long mm-hmm. time. Yeah. So I don't foresee how that's going to work with Lucha Underground. So yeah. I really don't see a season five happening. I really wish it does. We and I think so. Ivelisse and Joey, when they signed contracts in season one, signed up until season seven, which might be why their yeah. contracts are a lot tighter wow, than no. other Who guys. the fuck signs a contract for that seasons? long? I heard it was eight seasons that they might have signed for. I just think, you know, financial security was the idea. No. I don't know. That's I, so... Sorry. I mean, I you gotta you got to think ahead more than that. You... You have to. That is so crazy. Well, you never sign a deal for that long with no guaranteed income. It's so silly. Especially with all the comparisons to WSX. Yes. So if you signed on for seven seasons and they only did one season and then they were like, we're just going to run reruns, but you're signed. Mm-hmm. So right. you can't do anything. And we're not going to pay like, royalties and we're on not, the reruns because yeah. that, so, that was your deal. You never know. But yeah, yeah it seems like, like I know Sammy Callahan wasn't getting paid. So he's like, peace, I'm going to Impact. They didn't do anything to him. Brian Cage, same situation. Was like, I'm out. Well, okay, that's just okay. So what what happens then is if you know someone is seen as valuable enough to uh, possibly uh, do a legal battle for, like you mm-hmm. know. But what about the people? Who go, eh, it's not worth it bringing Evilise in because you know we don't. Wanna, we, uh, yeah, we don't want to fight for Evelise. We right. just want to have like, nothing against her or anyone. Yeah, but, I don't even mean to bring anybody in particular's name up, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying, you know. Uh, but it puts there are strings to certain talents yes. now because okay, they yeah, have I'm willing to fight for that person. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's like WWE going, oh, don't worry about that non compete clause. Well, yeah, like you guys were talking about last <laughs> yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, you like, got to believe if they get to a point where they decide we're not going to do a season five, they're going to have to do the professional thing. And no, they don't. They're not going to have to do shit. Mm-hmm. Well, they're That's not, and, and, and I highly doubt they will, to be honest with you. Wow. But what you're saying is... they don't give a fuck. I mean, I don't mean <laughs> they as in them in particular. I mean people in, in that, in the, yeah. in that in, in, in the industry. Who, the people who write these seven-season deals like they're candy, because yeah. reality TV stars get stuff like this, too, where you're just locked in forever. Mm. Like, these deals are so common and so defended that... They're like, you know what? If you want to fight us, let's fight us. That's part of that's that's baked into our business model. Is that's you, right. You fighting the contract. It's frustrating. Next. <laughs> All yeah. right, moving on to more of a nicer note. The original uh, PW Insider has said that original Heart Foundation will be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Now we're just months away from WrestleMania. We still haven't had any official names yet announced by WWE, but this is the report that Bret Hart, Jim the Anvil, now at Hart, and Jimmy Hart will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. I, that's great. It's I and I and I like it for the obvious reason of getting getting Jim in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think that they should uh, throw Danny Davis in there. Nice, yeah. And uh, there's a lot of reasons for that, and some of them um, 
uh, have a lot to do with just his contributions behind the scenes over the years. Sure. Uh, and I and for for those reasons and some things that I could never even mention. Um, uh, so he, I think that I, in, in my humble opinion, I think Danny Davis needs to be included in on that. That's just my opinion, but I love it. I love the whole. You know, let's let's get Jim in there. And it's not official, so that still might be the case. Right. Okay. So. All right. Uh, moving on to, we have some Undertaker news. So in some interesting tidbits, I guess you can say, on the Undertaker's Twitter account, he has officially removed any like WWE-related sort of stuff. So now he actually has on his bio, instead he has like, a booking inquiry with his email where people can contact him for appearances. Yes, and it's not anything like, if, if anyone ever followed Shawn Michaels on Twitter, Social media before he took the job back at the Performance mm-hmm. Center. It was a similar situation, you know. Sean was taking outside appearances. I did, I did appearances with him, you know, for independent wrestling shows. It, the, uh, the 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 catch was, it has to be separate. The appearance has to be separate. It's not part of the wrestling show. So I'm pretty sure that's what's going to be with Taker too. Like, say for instance. Um, Somebody that brings people like that in, as far as wrestling promotions mm-hmm. that have a decent, that have a good, not a decent, a good name. Of course, I didn't mean to say decent. Like <laughs> it's better than decent. Maryland Championship Wrestling, mm-hmm. uh, uh, great people over there, and uh, they would. I did appearances, you know, Sean, uh, Sean, Scott, Kevin, and I mm-hmm. appearances together for them, and they kept it separate. It was like mm-hmm. a little fan fest separate. Mm-hmm. So yes, and in that way, you know, if for if just so happens you end up, uh, you know, at an appearance connected to you know an independent promotion that might be less than you know, mm-hmm. like less yeah. to, up to snuff product wise, then you're not like you know seen as endorsing this show. Yeah, you're in and out before the show even starts. Exactly. Also. The email on his Twitter is undertaker at getengagedmedia.com. If you go to getengagedmedia.com, they list WWE as a client. Okay. So I, anyone who's saying, like, oh, my God, Undertaker's thinking of leaving. He's, yes. taking, he's taking bookings on his own. Like, yeah. I think this is much So, yeah, and people will, might want to point to, oh, he was seen appearing with Impact Wrestling stars at a convention. It was the SHOT Show. Yeah. It's a hunting uh, and yes. shooting show, and Taker is... is you know, an enthusiast and, in, yes. that, in that world, and and um, and also impact is owned or is on a network yes. that features hunting and fishing and things of that nature. So that's why that. Happened. How does he hide in the woods from animals? <laughs> He's a massive <laughs> individual, Bigfoot. Wow! <laughs> All right, let's go out right. squatching. <laughs> <laughs> Well, moving on, Sean, you put out, was it yesterday that you put out last, there, night. last night where you put out a very popular tweet about Kyrie Sane having the best elbow in the business, which actually garnered over show, 196 comments. Show that show that gif or whatever. Can you pop that up on screen, Marcus? There it is. Yeah, it's up right now. Oh, is it? Cool. Yeah. yeah. So come on. Like, that is the sweetest elbow drop I've ever seen in my entire life. And she does that consistently every, every night. Every time. And people, you know, obviously, when I wrote that tweet, I'd already thought of the obvious choices that people were going to go, what about the... Yeah, obviously, Randy Savage has the most iconic... <laughs> you know, as Shelton Benjamin pointed out in one of his tweets in regards to this, yeah, Randy's is the most iconic, but the best elbow drop 
ever. Shelton I've ever specifically seen. said, nobody, male or female, it's the best top rope elbow drop I've ever seen, to which Killian Dane agreed. Mm. And also Jessamine Duke. And Jessamine Duke. Yes. It's funny because, you know, obviously when I would see the, the her do the elbow drop on TV, I was like, whoa, like, that's cool, that's great. But when I saw her do it for the first time live in person, I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. man, that girl's flying yeah. like higher than I thought anyone was capable and of And when flying. she goes up there, you see all the flash bulbs going off? Oh, yeah. Damn. She gets horizontal. That's incredible. You need yeah. all types Sorry. of core strength. To you, do that. you know, like, and I, and people going, oh, much. Trust me. I knew Randy Savage. <laughs> if he was alive, I'm, all, I'm almost positive knowing him, he would go, oh, yeah. She's, hers is better. Yeah. It, it's the elbow for the time. Yes. I, the first time I ever saw it was actually night one of the very first May on Classic Taping. And it was the main event. Yeah, I've never, like, obviously, there's, there are some people that, you know, might have dropped a single elbow that m- maybe looked better than mm-hmm. the one she, but on a regular, consistent basis. Nails no. as, a, as a finish? Nope. Yeah, that's new. Nails it. Next. All right. Well, <laughs> speaking of Twitter, Shelton Benjamin posted a tweet, which he also pinned as his number one, like, main tweet, so you can go out there and check it out. He basically posted current at WWE status with a gif of a car spinning wheels with, like, smoke coming out. Yes. And then he also got an interesting reply from Scott Hall, who wrote, cash the checks, young man. <laughs> that's a, and that's a fair, that's a fair reply. Response yep. and and that's one way of looking at it, and um, it's it all depends on the person, you know. It depends on the person, uh, and and you know like I don't like. Hey, if if you if you can if you can cast the checks and still have a, you know happiness and 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 all that, um, yeah, that's great. And a lot of people can do that. Some people can't. Also, Shelton's, you know, it's Shelton's a case, left it's, before. Yeah, that maybe maybe that's his cycle. That yeah. it's and they called him. They yeah. called him and asked him to come back. Oh yeah, that they call so. him, say we have all these great ideas for you, and then he comes in and it's more of the same. And then he finds a time to leave, and yeah. he he leaves, and then they call him again, and he comes back. And I don't know. I think what Scott Hall might be saying is understand that that might be the process. That might be what it is. Like that might be the cycle that goes around. And every time you come back. They're calling you. They might pay you more, and you might get to do a little more. I don't or, know. Or if you get to go somewhere else and do something. I don't know. Yeah. No I matter, just... yeah. He looked great at the Rumble. Yes. So there's that. He looks great every time we see him. I. He's been frustrated. Like, it's frustrating to n- to hear that they call him, and then like, so that's the spot you saw for him. I just feel like there's certain guys that we already know are only going to get to a certain point, whether they've been in the company for years or et cetera. So I almost feel like, I don't know, it's weird to me because I feel like once you get to a certain like certain point, certain guys don't move from there. And I feel like obviously most of them realize it when they get to that point and maybe they have hope that they'll continue on. But it was just interesting to me that, you know, Sel- Shelton Benjamin, when he was first in the company, I remember everybody saying, like, push this guy to the moon, push him to the moon. He's incredible. And he, he never got there. Yes. You know? So it's almost like he, he, well, he I don't had know what moments. you mean by he never got there. He, he yeah, had much moments, okay? Him. But I'm just saying, like, Compared to other guys, other top guys in the mm-hmm. company, he wasn't yeah. there. I don't know I mean, if anybody's ever heard this before, but as far as like, you know, um, the University of Minnesota wrestling mm-hmm. team, he was the number one. Like, yeah, he was the, considered the most talented guy. Like, yeah, 
I don't know if you've, if you've ever. Did you happen to see when I interviewed him? Like that, it was on the 76? show. Yes. yes. <laughs> so like I mean, we talk about that, right? And yeah. we talk about how you know he would he would go like he would train with Brock and you know yeah. Uh, sometimes he'd win, sometimes Brock would. You know, I mean. Uh, that's how great he was. Yes. I mean, Jared Briscoe told me way back then oh, that yeah. this guy is the actual the one with the like pound you know, pound talent. Yes, yeah. Lesnar's the attraction. So natural and gifted, and I think he fell into kind of like the Dean Ambrose situation where you came back, great look, great shape. They just didn't know what to do with you, mm-hmm. so you kind of fell to the wayside, and it's really sad because. Him being in the Rumble, if he would have been in the Final Four, that would have got people talking. No doubt about it. Oh, man. Shelton versus Brock at Mania? Completely agree. This could be legit. Or maybe put him against Bobby Lashley and have credible wrestlers going back and forth against each other. He has highlight reels of things. Like, they put moves in the video game that he came up with, with, like, scaling the ladder. Mm. He's Mr. Money in the Bank. Like, he's the only guy to not win money in the bank that should definitely have it. Mm. So, it's just, yeah, just ride it out, man. I mean, he's making a living. So, that's a great thing. But, like you always say, creative satisfaction. Creative satisfaction is highly underrated. And uh, your money spends better when you have it. And Drove Dog commented on that. And I don't think he liked it. (laughs) 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 He said, well said, sir. He never calls me sir. So, like, (laughs) like, it, it was well said, sir. It's a work. Yeah, we all know it's like you don't have to tell me it's a work, but that doesn't mean that creative satisfaction is not highly underrated and your money spends better when you have it. That's just true. Yeah. You know, and not every you can't um you know, you hey, look, if if you don't bring that much to the table, you don't get to, you know, like sorry, your creative satisfaction isn't as important. Mm. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Like, some people can fight for it, and some people have to just put up with what's given to them. And it, and, all, and a lot of it depends on what you bring to the table, you know? Yeah. So And your attitude and, you know, how you how you go about complaining about things. Because, like, people, oh, this fucking sucks, and, da, 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 and they don't bring a better idea to the table. So, you know, it goes both ways. All right. Well, moving on, we had some really good moments during Raw and SmackDown. We're going to go ahead. I'm going to start it off with Becky Lynch because that is one of the topics that we were talking about last week, which was Becky Lynch, uh, Charlotte, and Ronda. We were talking about the main event and who should be. Should it be a single? Should it be a three-way? Whatever. But one of the things that we should talk about first and foremost was the moment between Becky Lynch and Stephanie McMahon on Raw and then the moment between Becky Lynch and Triple H on Raw. Basically, both both Stephanie and Triple H want to get... Becky Lynch to go out and check her knee. She basically told Stephanie on Raw no, then punched her in the face. Triple H Which tried a different great. approach yeah. on SmackDown, tried to get under her skin, tried to say that she was afraid of facing Ronda. She was afraid of failure, which was really good. It was great. And basically she said no and then slapped him across the face. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that. Yep. I mean, I, I, and I liked how he sold it, and I liked how how they continued to stare each other down and I lo- I loved her like the the smile that she got and then exit back the yep. way she came um how do we feel about Charlotte and all of this uh I I think it's unfortunate because she's amazing and mm-hmm. and uh and she uh you know um that was my vision like when I talked you know, because yeah. I've said this, and I don't want to keep going. Oh, you know, I said this back the day after WrestleMania, but yeah. like I sat, and, you know, Ronda came down and sat next to me, and I told her, "You're going to be in main event at WrestleMania next year." Mm. 
And she was like, oh, that sounds great or whatever. I'm like, no, you will. Watch. So, um, and that was my, you know, I think everyone that thought that the way I do was like Charlotte versus Rhonda. Of course. Right? I, and then, God damn it, Becky had to come in and fuck <laughs> everything up. Well, on the bright side, Charlotte <laughs> is getting immense booze, and someone in a three-way, if the three-way happens, someone's got to be getting booed, and Charlotte's certainly going to be the one getting booed. So, hey, there, and the way she was hey, on SmackDown. It doesn't always have to be that. It, it is more yeah. It is more ideal, but as long as they give a fuck about both people, right. as long as they really care, it, it still works. Uh, it's just... What I think some of it has to do with, okay, you know, some things feel like, you know, I don't like to use the word entitled. Is that like, like some people thought that that was automatically supposed to be Charlotte yeah. and, 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 and I get it because that was it. the way I felt too. But, but I'm Charlotte like, as a heel is kind of owning that. Yeah. She's coming out and acting yeah. entitled that yeah. I'm Ric Flair's daughter. And she's therefore, so God damn. She's therefore so I should be made of at WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I I put this tweet out, and it was you know Charlotte just kills it on the mic every time. It doesn't sound like she's, um, it doesn't sound like she's speaking lines right. that yeah. she that somebody wrote. Uh, just like just like when um, you know Elias Elias and yeah. you know all of that, and although uh, I did kind of want to mention that I didn't I don't like them going. Well, speaking of Elias, not to jump around here, but it just popped into my head. Speaking of Elias, like with the road dog, Jeff Jarrett, Elias thing, the one thing I could have done without was them going, oh, what are you doing here, road dog? Shouldn't you be tanking Smack- SmackDown uh, ratings? How does that help anything? I don't know what that was. How is that anything other than inside baseball? Like, let's have a few little chuckles for the uh, for the inside baseball team here. Also, That's bullshit. Also, it's like factually incorrect. If, right. any, if, if the rating, by tank you mean a dip? Raw is the one with the dip. SmackDown, for whatever it is, has been a consistent. Okay, has been a consistent yeah. number. And and that, in spite of the fact that, you know, um, WrestleMania, like all the SmackDown versus Raw, like SmackDown got obliterated. Yeah, they got made to look like the the yeah, biggest the pieces of shit one. ever. Yeah, yeah, or Survivor, yeah, Survivor Series. The Survivor Series showdown, Yeah, sorry. Which is crazy, because one of the reasons the McMahons came back to television then, is because people weren't happy with Raw. <laughs> and then, you know, so, so that's so, so SmackDown has to deal with that, with their guys just getting just their asses handed to them. And then, um, okay, uh, after the Royal Rumble, like, you you take SmackDown's uh, post-Rumble ratings bump by taking your top star and putting them on fucking Raw the night before. Yeah. I, and Becky has appeared on Raw. Gee, I wonder why SmackDown opening. didn't get their post Royal bump. Well, geez, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because you took it and you gave it to Raw but, already. But when SmackDown goes to Fox, does it become the A I'm, show then? I'm, this is all very because as it looks right now, if if there wasn't the uh, SmackDown going to Fox deal, I would tell you, oh, this is the death of the brand extension completely. All this. Uh, Triple hey. H, Vince, and Stephanie appearing on both shows, and then Becky appearing on both shows. Like that's step three in a five step process. Just be like, we're one brand again. Mm-hmm. We're one brand, one roster. Well, we'll see what happens yeah. when yeah. they do the international shakeup. Aren't they're doing that, right? I haven't heard anything about it. Oh, well, I, I, I wanted to that. talk about you know some other things, but we gotta we gotta t- yeah. we gotta take a break and come back with with uh, Dave Lagana and talk about the Crockett Cup. But there was some other, like the halftime heat thing. That was oh, great. Heat was so good. So much that better. was great. And, <laughs> oh, so let me just talk about that real quick. Oh, God damn it. 
fucking phone. Sorry. Yeah. You know, I when I, I don't even care like the last few weeks. Fuck, 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 fuckity, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> okay. As long as it's not the first thing. Count them up, it. everyone. Count them up. So, oh, um, don't worry. I am. Uh, so, <laughs> no, I was just going to say, like, real quick, the halftime heat was spectacular. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, they never never failed outdo themselves over there. Nope. And the performance center looks fantastic yes. as a venue on TV, and it should be used way more often. Okay, let's take a break and come back with Dave Lagana. Welcome back to X-Pac 12360, everyone. Joining us uh, over the phone. Actually, he's Skyping in to make it sound better. He's uh, the n- vice president of the National Wrestling Alliance, and he's here to talk about this year's Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup Tag Team Tournament, ladies and gentlemen, Dave Lagana. Yeah. All right. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, man. How are we? Awesome. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, first of all, um, hey, just continued, like, Props to to everything that you guys are doing. I, I watch all the time, and I and and on a side note, uh, separate from you know the Crockett Cup stuff we're going to talk about, um, I really enjoyed the first episode of One Nation uh, with Willie Willie Mac. Sweet. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, totally different it, feel from Ten Pounds of Gold, by the way. Yeah, and and that was sort of the vibe, and I didn't love it. That's why I asked like people, what what did they think? I think it's got a lot of room to evolve. Yes. And, um, I was talking to Willie about it. I, I want to put more of his personality into it uh, as we grow, and that's why I want to use sort of the the idea is to almost to send Willie out on his own with somebody with a camera and just let ah uh, yeah, yeah. Let, let his personality come out. And I think the hook of you know he wants to go to fifty states and defend that title, and he's done he's done five. So we're 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 uh, on the way, so to speak. So yeah. it'll be it'll be interesting. I just bought. I don't know if anybody has. You know, vlogging uh, desires, but the new GoPro, the Hero Seven Black, is um, it's highly uh, improved upon the GoPro technology. I actually saw Kevin Nealon does his hiking show on YouTube with it now, and it's oh, sounds wow, I'm good. To get one. Yeah, like wow. if, if you want to do shoot yourself, um, you know that's that that's the way to do it, and uh, we're testing it out here with Willie Mac. Hey, before you know what, something I want to bring up right now before we yeah. get into this. And I just want, I just want, um, just want to give you, and I know I already said props about, you know, the, you know, the other stuff, but major props. Uh, you are, I've never seen anyone more willing to help anyone that need, that wants to be helped, uh, mm-hmm. on Twitter with following your dream, being a content creator, anything like that than you, Dave. And, and thank you for that. Thank you. I mean, it's, uh. I wish this would have existed 10 years ago after uh, my WWE time. Like, you know, Sean, we always joke about, you know, when it, writers <laughs> at WWE are literally faceless yep. uh, people. I mean, even now, I just saw some guy left the WWE writing. Kazim. I've never heard his name before yeah. because they've, they've made them so whatever. So now the ability that I can help somebody and I had it's always my number one question. Well, how do I become a writer? I'm like, well, there's only so many writing jobs. I said, but there's so many to learn a skill that you can you can use anywhere and yeah. you know like like before we started i talked about you know obviously i do video work for billy on the side for pumpkin stuff the skill set i have now that i didn't have at WWE of being able to content create allows me to make content cheaper faster you know and, and honestly better than a lot of larger corporations yes. that have to kind of get approval and 
you know, driving costs down has really been sort of how we've been successful this year as far as our content strategy, because, you know, I went I went to Jim Cornette's house two days ago to shoot the piece that went up yesterday, you know, to turn that around in a day, you know, it's, it used to be unheard of. Yeah. The same. I went to Mick Foley's house. He's like, where's your crew? I just turned around and said, it's in my backpack. Yeah. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> like it's it. Well, the fact that you can do it yourself, you know, and I think that became sort of the buzzword of yeah. last year, like do it yourself. But I like legitimately it's like there's a program called Adobe Premiere and they have a thing called Rush, not Roosh, who's in CMLL and Ring of Honor, uh, that allows you to edit on your phone and oh, and really well. Like so it's it's all there if people want to do it. And yeah. the fact that you can buy that GoPro for I think it's three ninety nine and it's Whoa. legitimately all you might need and maybe a good light source for a certain amount of content creation. It's 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 all right there and the fact that independent wrestlers spend more on their gear than figuring out how they're going to communicate to an audience to me is a disappointing mm. fact in 2019. Yeah. Gotcha. How's the audio on this GoPro? It's it, I, I did. I watched Casey Neistat uh, and a few other people use it. And it's 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 vastly improved. Hmm. Uh, um, you know what I mean? Like it's 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 good enough to vlog with you know without I mean? it, without and, a separate mic, without a separate mic. That's so that's like really impressive. Wow. Yeah, and, and and the problem with like phone stuff, it's got built-in stabilization. I gave it to uh, I should have to put this up. I gave it to Dalton Castle at one of the last Ring of Honor events, and he's literally running with it, like <laughs> running full speed, wow. and it, it's stabilized. Jeez. And you know, so it it just allows you to be able to create much more on the fly, much more intimately. And the problem with like doing stuff on your phone is it's clunky. It's you know the the especially like I can tell when somebody shoots something on their iPhone because the and it gets too technical like the iris like it gets blown out or like you could just like iphones have like this white haze uh -huh. on some of the video stuff you know like it's it allows you to upgrade in a way that you just couldn't back in the day yeah. so and were you gonna say something well, I, I, i've been one of those guys that has slid in uh dave's dms yeah. and gotten advice from him yeah. and i really appreciate that that's well, why i love listening and well, getting able to talk to him well dave that's why i brought this up and when i said thank you i wasn't just thanking you for yeah. all the other people you've helped because you've helped me too and i just yeah. want to tell you that so no, it's it's yeah. really like like i hey i was on it i was on the after buzz panel in think 2011 with jensen carp who's now on uh you know k-rock -Rock, and maria canales from the burbank and, house yeah yeah <laughs> oh no it was out in encino yeah from the burbank house yeah. oh it's right burbank, burbank boulevard, boulevard. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, probably, yeah yeah we, you probably did that in my exact bedroom in that house <laughs> <laughs> all I remember is a popcorn machine there, and I just ate I ate all the popcorn. So wow. it, was, uh, it was a good time. All right. So Crockett Cup, Dave. Um, yep. That was one of my favorites, like of all the wrestling extravaganzas. When I, you know, from the Crockett period of, you know, yeah, the was, mid '80s. It was. It's interesting because, like, I, I, you know, I grew up. Uh, I, I discovered the NWA in, in 1985. You know, via I think it was Channel 17 in Philadelphia, yep. WPHL with Worldwide, and then. You know, the 605 show, and there's Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair. You know, the first Crockett Cup was 86 in the Superdome in Louisiana as yeah. a co-promotion. You know, and it was this this idea they had as a, as a big show and to have all these tag teams in and to be able to bring it back under the same almost guise of the, this co-promotion with Ring of Honor. You know, we, we announced it without having a co-promotion. And, and our idea with Crockett Cup is we want to involve as many different promotions as possible. And, you know, we're hoping to announce more as soon as hopefully tomorrow or Friday, 
for when general tickets go on sale. And and legitimately, we're open to working with anybody. You know what I mean? Like to, yeah. to be in this tournament, because I think if anything, the last year proved that's what fans want. Uh-huh. And the more people become insulated, the harder it becomes for the fans to get what they want. And they want to see this guy fight that guy. And I think this this gets to do that. The fact yeah. that I mean, we've only got two teams announced and one is. You know, Crimson and Jax Dane, who are uh, from the NWA slash tried and true pro wrestling and, you know, the villain club from from ROH. I mean, PCO is legitimately one of the most insane people I've ever seen wrestle in 2019. I've been to his Ring of Honor matches and I don't I can't imagine what he's going to try and do in this tournament, let alone potentially three times if he advances. So, so, you know, like uh, thinking back that and 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 I'm I'm assuming that it's like I think you just were saying, that's like you try to bring you know all these different teams. I remember the cool thing for me uh, was okay, you had like the Armstrongs, Bob and Brad, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean teams like that, like I was like, you know, you heard of them, but you hadn't seen them. You well, see them in the magazines, you know, that like fabulous ones, different people yeah. from all the different like you know territories that still existed. But yeah. we're, but we're, but seemed to kind of at that point maybe we're starting to kind of get neglected. Yeah, I think especially because I know Cornette actually when I went and shot Cornette on Monday, he had of course has all the programs. Right. So flipping through the program from the first year to the third, I mean the third year, um, I don't want to say it was hot garbage, but it might have been room temperature garbage. <laughs> yeah. You know, it like as third far year, as because yeah. obviously at that point in '88. You know, they were it was one company and like, I mean, you flip through like Mighty Wilbur was like it was just yeah. it was a very strange collection. But but the the genesis of the first year, you know, the Batten twins came from uh, Kansas City. There was a team from Portland. Memphis sent two teams like and, and I think that's the yeah. interesting part. And, you know, I, I like people are like, well, who's who are in the NWA talent wise? Like, that's the point is, is we want to bring in as much talent from various places and create what would be an event that you're not going to get anywhere else and the ability to uh, like our partnership with ring of honor obviously fell off of our involvement and all in right and once we saw sort of what ring of honor is able to do from an infrastructure perspective you know as we discussed sort of this one-off event this is our this is a handshake deal to do this one event together but you know my history with ring of honor you know their appreciation of what billy wants to do and that we're not trying to rule the universe we're trying to create good content one show at a time. And this is literally our third show. And, you know, we've been very happy with the grassroots success of the first yeah. two. And the fact that, you know, we can move forward into a third one that could involve all, up to five different promotions is a really unique, uh, a really unique prospect. Now, the previous th- uh, Crockett Cups, they had 16 teams. Um, we have two so far, like you mentioned, Villain Enterprises, War Kings. Are we planning on sixteen teams again for this one, or can well, you actually, let us know? if it's actually it was twenty four teams, I believe the first two years. Okay. Uh, the format we've got three different formats that we're looking at, and it's really going to depend on the amount of quality teams we can have. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it, it's definitely a one night tournament. Uh, it's a four hour event from seven to eleven. You know, so. Uh, that's the window we're working in. We want to put on the best version of this show as possible. It, w- it won't be, I don't think it'll be a 16 team one night tournament. Hey, I'll say that much. Okay. I, I'm curious because, you know, on the other Crockett Cups, there was always an NWA world title match to go along with yep. it. Is there going to be this time? I think we're looking at that. Obviously, you know, I think it depends on where Nick Aldis sits in storyline. Yeah. You know, 
it'd be interesting. You know, I, I think Flair did defend every year. I know that the, the, the best world title match he had was with Wyndham, I think, in the Baltimore year. Yeah. Um, I think and the other one was Nikita, or who was it? Nikita, yeah. Nikita was the third yeah. year, and then Dusty was the first. Yeah. But, you know, I think Nick is Nick was looking at the landscape, and, you know, what, what would... What kind of achievement would it be for Nick Aldis to not to win back this first Crockett Cup back in this era if he could find the right partner? And I think uh, I, I see think, what you're saying. Wow. Okay, you know, okay. Like, like he might be selfish enough. You know, when is the world not enough for hmm. you know Nick Aldis? And I think that story will evolve. The same with a Willie Mack. You know what I mean? Yes. How interesting would it be if Willie and Nick were a team? You know what I mean? Sure. Like. You know, there, there's a lot of interesting pairings in this that's possible because yeah. I mean, there are no two people that are more NWA than than those two right now. So be, be, um, because, like, okay, when we think about it, it's not like okay, this is a tournament <laughs> to to crown new tag team champions. This is a one night. Hey, we won this tag team tournament, and then we can go our separate ways. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. think the good part about the the, the cup is. You know, it, it's very much the Stanley Cup. And, yeah. you know, we, we talk about the 10 pounds of gold being our version of the Stanley Cup as far as a trophy that everyone wants. And the fact that everyone has this sort of warm and fuzzy feeling about a tournament that was maybe good for two straight years <laughs> shows the power of the prize. Yeah. And, you know, wins and losses are great, but you, but ultimately – there has to be a prize at the end of the rainbow for, yeah. for, for these these journeys we go on, and you know I'm I'm a, <laughs> I'm a big believer that there are too many titles in wrestling, as everyone knows. If you follow me, uh, you know I think that the prizes need to matter, and the fact that we're able to resurrect a cup, you know what I mean, and we're working on getting a, a, as close to the original version of the cup as possible because it meant something. Yeah. You know, it, it really did. Here we are talking about it almost. 30 years later and you know, it only happened three times and it was never gone back. And the fact that we were able to get the Crockett family to sign off and, you know, the Crockett foundation is a, those really amazing stuff for wounded warriors in, in the Charlotte area. So that's why this, this whole thing works so well. And to be able to bring back, you know, all of those legends and, and to have Jim Cornette and to do it right in the shadows of Charlotte, North Carolina, which, you know, I, I need to look and see the last time the NWA ran an event in a venue in in North Carolina. With a real the venue. Logo and yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know, it's 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 quite humbling for Billy and I. And I joke with Cornette as he's showing pictures of Sam Mushnick and Luthez. I said, I wonder if Sam Mushnick would roll over in his grave knowing the names Corgan and Lagana now in, in the uh, in the the lineage of these guys. And that's why we're so loyal to what this brand was because people care about it. And Sean, obviously you're a huge fan and everyone that grew up with it. And and that's our goal to, to honor those who grew up with it, but also make it relevant and uh, deliver it in a way that people watch content in 2019. I, you know what the thing is, okay. Um, I look at it like this. I'm grateful that there are two people like, like yourself and Billy, that can look at this thing, you know, not through the same eyes as everyone else has before, you know, like it's, yeah. it's, it's a new way of looking at things, just like your approach to the whole NWA and, and how you're presenting it and, and what it actually mm -hmm. is. And I, mean, I was kind of curious uh, because it's such an unconventional way of, uh, of doing this, you know, has it, has it been hard to explain things and how you, how, how you actually, you know, operate and, and, you know, like, 
you know, I can imagine something like ROH, for instance. Are they like, huh, what are you guys all about even? I think the, the best way to, for to state it is those who've gotten it on the first conversation are the ones that are most likely to do things with right. us, especially quickly. So Nick Aldis, you know, Nick, Nick's done various interviews where he talks about this phone call that I had with him in June of 2017 when we got the brand. Right. And he got it immediately. His mindset of the big fight feel and, you know, the things I always ask people, what do you watch? How do you watch it? And why do you enjoy it? Because, you know, I, I'm somewhat critical of the WWE format has been exactly the same since 1998. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's the same exact format. And it works for them. They have they just signed billion dollar deal with Fox that they're literally talking about at their Television Critics Association right now, you know, and 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 talking about more programming for WWE on their Fox mm-hmm. cable networks. So their format works for them, but we can't do that format. So you know, the people we talk to, like Nick, he got it. He he dove all the way in. Tim Storm the same way. The uh, Willie Mack never asked a question. He just wanted to work and he wanted he wanted a shot. You know, those who do. Great. There, there were multiple talents that we spoke to about being in roles with us over the first two years. Some just didn't get it. Billy and I pitched this concept without the NWA when we left <coughs> TNA. That was that rumored meeting that came out to be true. We pitched, we want to be a production company. We want to help get talents over. Yes. And so when the timing came around this time with Ring of Honor, you know, they get it. So yeah. that's where the, the Pinnacle series came from. It's in- 10 pounds of gold, but in the ROH world. And the idea with that is to make that even different. And yeah. and trust me, it is a it is a real uh, mind screw at times trying to make sure these shows all feel different when you know uh, one person is doing them with with their team. You know, yes. to make sure that they're good. But I I, I liken the, the, I liken that to like, and I know this is different, but it's still a, a comparison. Uh, a seamstress like the seamstresses in WWE. Um, yep. You know, you can tell like. Okay, I can tell when I look at one of the guys, I can tell which seamstress made made their gear. Wow. Yeah. You know? So and, it, it, and it's hard and it's I, hard to get, you know, to, to yeah, so I I totally get what you're saying. I've done forty six ten pounds of gold. I did one one nation and I've done I think five or six pinnacles. And you know, try and, and then like but yesterday I'm working on a Josephus video, you know, his follow up to getting his head shaved by David Arquette and it's it's absurd you know it, it like it doesn't look like two different it's the same person did these mm-hmm. you know what i mean and yeah. that's the goal of being as versatile as possible and try, you just have to try stuff and the good part is about our world there's no failing you yeah. know what i mean like there's just there's no failure because we've driven our costs down so much that it's it's all it's it's all just possible you know what yeah. i mean i don't have to run a four like if I were to run a live two-hour show right now, and, and it's a half a million dollars to do two hours of television for a cable network with truck, talent, flights, all that stuff, a, a 50-man roster, you know, WWE spends more yeah. on one TV taping than we've spent in half. They spend 20000 on catering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just read that, though. and I believe it, too. <laughs> well, and, and you know, I, I, I haven't been in that catering room in 11 years, but, you know, it's... It's there, there. Once you have an economy and a lifestyle, you have to carry forward. You have to maintain it. Mm-hmm. We've built a very lean uh, operating system here because I'm a big believer in looking at very successful startups. And I don't know if I told the story with you guys before, but I looked at the way Airbnb was built. And you know, there there are many podcasts to talk about it, but those guys literally they they were a startup company in San Francisco. 
but all of their housing was in New York. So their investors said, why are you in San Francisco? Go to New York and literally talk to every one of the people that are renting houses and who are, are the renters and find out what they like and what they don't. And that's how we've looked at this last year. And, yeah. you know, people can go, well, how are you guys making money? How are you doing this? We've built a formula that allows us to pop up anytime we want. You know, we've been sort of half dormant since the pop-up show on purpose right. because we wanted the, when this Crockett Cup thing hit to really push hard this event. And, and you know, today was the first day of pre-sale through ROH. I'm happy with the numbers. Am I ecstatic? No, but it's it's a good start. And, you know, this is an event that will will sell to various different groups of fans. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's all in the timing and, and the trust we've built with our audience. Hey, Dave, uh, curious, what's the what's the venue hold? The the venue right now is scaled for twenty one hundred, okay. but if we sell all those, we can push the curtain back and do four thousand. And oh, okay. you know we've we've we scaled it for two ways, you know, and I, I will be ecstatic at two thousand. You know what I mean? I'll be ecstatic at, at, if yeah. we beat what we did to NWA seventy. This is a this is a much different event. You know, NWA seventy we had the huge rematch off of All In of Cody and Nick Aldis. Right. We don't have that here, yeah. so we're, we we want to see. That's why it was so important to get that first set let's first set of legends out so people knew, wait, the Midnights and Rock and Roll are going to be there and your mind starts to race. And no, they're not going to wrestle, but the idea that they're going to be there, you know, these guys are assets in that area, especially, you know, the Jim Crockett Promotions era is such an amazing story. And, you know, getting to spend time with Dusty and, and literally getting to spend two hours on the phone with Nikita Koloff last week was uh, like, like a dream come true for me because of how much – Watching them, you know, formed my wrestling love back in the eighties. You show it to You show it to What was, was exactly was that even a word? <laughs> Anyways. And, and, but I love Nikita. You know, yeah. And he still looks great, still yeah. sounds great. Same with Magnum. Magnum cut uh, the promo he cut in NWA seventy was one of the best promos of the year. And mm-hmm. and Billy went up to him after he goes, I saw the, the light go on, he goes I just went out there and started talking and it all just came right back. You know what I mean? Wow. Like that's real so when it's real, man, it. it just flows, you know, Cornette did Cornette did that promo and he did two takes. The first take, my card ran out cause we had talked so much on the previous stuff. <laughs> so, so, but his second take was even better. I didn't edit yeah. one word of it. I just covered some of it with B roll. Like these guys, because you know, Sean, you understand that like you, you used to talk, Every week you go do local promos. Yeah. You would do all this stuff, and it's it's my biggest gripe to talent now. They don't cut promos. And then I hear the, oh, well, just give guys bullet points. We used to give guys bullet points at TNA. we give them three bullet points, and they'd say three sentences. And it's just like, no, like, opportunity. And then they come back to, like, I wanted more match time. I said, yeah, but no one cared about your match right. because you yeah. didn't get them invested in your promo. That's why I love the way we sit in technology now. There's no like, like Dalton Castle has one of the most entertaining YouTube shows, and it gets zero love because it's just I guess it's not um, covered in the same way that other YouTube shows are, and like, but he every week he commits to it. It's 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 spectacular. You know what I mean? As far mm-hmm. as it's him, he's doing it, and his personality comes through every week in this show. Everyone should be attempting to create content in a weekly basis in some form or fashion, even if you're just cutting promos on what your match is that weekend, you're doing a disservice to the promoters that are paying you if you're not promoting their events. And and sending the poster out with 30 other faces on it, uh, it's dumb. It's just stupid. If that's, you know, it, it, you're just going to get passed by who somebody's more talented and more willing to do more. 
So, Dave, with the Crockett Cup, will it be available on IPPV or on the Honor Club? Uh, to be determined. We're working out. Uh, it's why we haven't stated. You know, uh, most likely, I assume Honor Club. It may be on. It, it may just be a pay per view only on Fight. We're working on it. The, the show's a fifty fifty uh, partnership with us in Ring of Honor. So, we're going to do what is best for all fans. My guess is, if it's on pay per view, it'll be on Honor Club after the event. You know, we want to. We want to offer the best possible experience for the fans to watch it how they want. You know, a lot of people prefer yeah. fight. You know, the fact that, you know, New Japan allowed the uh, Wrestle Kingdom to be on fight when you could have used New Japan World, it shows that people have different desires on how they watch content. And, and people trust different services for different reasons. Yeah. Some people don't want to be on a streaming service. They want to they want to buy one show and feel good about it. So. Uh, the roundabout answer is we're working on it, but it will be available to the widest potential audience. I think you should just put it out on DVD and that's it. Just like <laughs> P- PWG. <laughs> you know what we're going to do? How great would it be if the only way we did it was if we put it out on VHS? And Sean, you <laughs> might be going to say that. <laughs> and and, and when, see, people don't remember. So Pink like trade. those Crockett VHSs, it was like six to to eight weeks after the like, yeah. event before you, you and you'd have to send your your cod or uh, no they actually they used to do cod yeah you'd send your money order or check and and dust used to tell me there was just some guy that had all these vcrs in his garage and was dubbing it and depending on how high he got was how many dubs he got done that that's day. how and, <laughs> and that was and that was like and it was sold under turner home entertainment yeah, yeah. wow <laughs> that's great hey so, you know like, like you know like coliseum video do you remember like do you know the history was behind behind them i weren't they sort of quasi porn yeah absolutely that... absolutely because yeah. they, okay. and they and it was smart for wwf because you know like honestly who who knows that better who knows who's always ahead of the curve when it comes to video uh distribution and shit like that adult if, i was adult I, entertainment yeah, industry I mean, uh, they, they're, I mean, like, I just bought a VR headset. Uh, you know, I, I tried out the WWE VR thing, which if you've not tried VR, like the uh, if you're interested in it, you know, the Oculus, they have like a two hundred dollar headset that's uh-huh. very easy to use. And uh, I'm not sure the name. I think it's next VR does all the WWE sh- or they do the big WWE pay-per-views. Yeah. It is a vastly different viewing experience. Mm. I don't know if I could watch a whole show that way, but. Man, like, because it's it's quasi three it, D. Is it like you're like, sitting in the crowd? It's, it's like you're, like you're the on ring. the ring apron. Oh, mm-hmm. oh wow! It's really oh, yeah. like like you sh- like it is, and like they have like a little bit of Ronda and uh, and Charlotte from Survivor Series, and it's it's like watching it a completely different way. Huh. And VR, I think consumer VR is still ten years away, and I don't think I think the headsets will go away, and then once they sort of figure out a way to sort of you know, either put lighter glasses on. Or I was going to say, what about AR glasses? You know that AR stuff they're starting to show on the WWE TV yeah. shows? Like, yeah, yeah. imagine if you're sitting in the crowd with 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 AR glasses on and you see that oh, yeah. shit while you're sitting in the crowd? Well, the, 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 like, I actually, you know, as, as I got this thing, I'm like, all right. So, like, I watched a whole Netflix movie with this headset because – the the way that it projects in there is it's like a 150 inch television in front wow. of you. So yeah. like I'm getting to be blind as a bat in my young age that I'm at now, and like this was great. And mm. you know the, the like the YouTube has a bunch of 360 stuff, and you know like I think pro wrestling is still 10 years away. Hell, pro wrestling still living in 2011 in various ways. A lot as of far ways. As the content's yeah. created, mm. you know. But but 
VR is an interesting way to kind of explore, you know, different stuff. And, you know, I, I, I had I have, like, I have one small sort of consumer VR camera that I've messed with. It's really interesting. And I just think storytelling has gone in various different ways. It reminds me of very much like 1996 web browsing as far as like it's not you definitely can tell there's a lot of crap out there. Like there's a woman that shows how to twerk like she's yeah. a twerking channel like <laughs> Okay, this will this will get boring after five minutes or five hours, depending on what you're into. And you know, like it, it's it will grow, but you have to be open to exploring it. And I think I think I think overall the overall lesson is is people are putting their time into different stuff. So sitting and watching a three hour wrestling broadcast, you have so many other choices you could do. If you didn't mm-hmm. like Raw in 1998, you had a choice. You could flip to Nitro. Now, if I don't like this segment, I'll go on YouTube and I'll watch something for five minutes while till, till the next segment comes up yes. and people are deciding minute to minute how they spend their day. Yeah. Hey, you know, um, Dave, uh, I want to go, I just, you know, when I was asking you a little bit ago, uh, you know, about yep. like, you know, and you were talking about, you know, the people that got it kind of got on the first, you know, conversation yep. or whatever. And like, I just want to like, for people that don't get it, like, uh, what's that company tried and true? Yeah, in Nashville, to. like okay, for instance, like you guys put light, put eyes and ears on that on that promotion that never would have seen them before, ever. Yeah. And 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 I dare say, even ROH, as as great as they are, and as and as you know the I don't know, footprint or whatever you call it already, like you know in the industry, I think that like still some people will come and see their product because of you, you and Billy and what? NWA. <clears throat> If you look at and, and, you know, Billy and I have had multiple meetings with Joe Coff and Greg Gilliland and, you know, Joe and Greg are very smart. They, you know, to 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 get a corporation to invest in pro wrestling, you know, look at the companies that have invested in pro wrestling in the last 40 years. Very few. I mean, you know, this is I don't want to say small. Lucha Underground was invested in by, you know, Mark Burnett. Here's the number one television producer in the world. And while successful to a to a niche audience did not break through in a mainstream you know what i mean right. like it just it, there's a lot of different executions that have been tried in wrestling all the way back to i mean you know 1990 you know what i mean when when turner bought wcw you know it took them 6 years to figure it out you know what, what's interesting about the ring of honor story is you know originally it was Cornette and Gary Juster and Dan Bynum that, you know, sold this vision of what ring of honor is it's right. evolved. And I was telling Cornette, I said, it's a completely different company that, that was there in 2011 and 2012, you know, ring of honor has been, has built this really good infrastructure, but I think people have forgotten sort of the legacy of what that company has built. And that's one of the things with pinnacle that we're trying to, uh, uh-huh. to pull across is like Seth Rollins and Claudio Castagnoli and or Cesaro and, and Chris Hero and uh, Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens and and Sami Zayn and Nigel. like the history that has come through. Yeah, they and, need to own that more. Yeah, and and that's that's basically the storytelling we're talking about because honestly, the list of men who've held the Ring of Honor World Title is better from 2002 to till now than than the NWA. Oh, title. for sure, absolutely. And, and that's that's interesting. As as you we, these two companies align this way is because this is where these brands fit and 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 Ring of Honor has been very open to it and you know the, everyone there has been really super cool about it and the good part is there's no egos there now and you know I sat and did an interview with uh, 
Juice Robinson, you know, and Juice really embodies that lifeblood thing is not a gimmick. He believes in that style of wrestling and the people he's assembled around him are people that also believe in what Ring of Honor is good for. And so like that story will be told in an upcoming pinnacle. Um, And I think Juice Robinson, like heavyweight guys like right now out there, uh, one of my favorites. And uh, um, I just is just. You know what he's bringing, like the what, he, how he's presented himself and all that. You know, um, I just love it, and I think he's, I, I think he's world champion material down the road. To be honest with you. Yeah, and and I think that's the, you know, and, and sitting the, you know, I've spoken to him on and off. I actually had forgotten this conversation when he decided to leave WWE. He still had his Twitter account, yeah. and I think Dusty had told him to reach out to me at some point. And I tell him, because he's the forgotten one that left WWE on his own. Yep. Before everybody else did it, he was like one of the first ones, I think in 2011 or 2012. You know, he took, he bet on himself That's to right. go and be a, a uh, to the New Japan Dojo with no guarantee. And having him tell this story, he is humble, but but focused. And he is like, like that guy has charisma yeah. and he'll find it. And it just takes time. And I think Ring of Honor is a perfect place in combination with New Japan. You know, and it's it's really interesting to see these talents out here in the marketplace and they're not solely motivated by money. Mm, you know, yeah. like, yes, money is important, but they want to they want to show their standing in the business to really leave an impact because money definitely is very important. But if you have all the money in the world and you're not happy in your job, like like I don't I I think you see what's happening with some people not being happy with their, their well, place of employment. Well, I, that's funny you say that, Dave, because <laughs> I put a tweet out the other night, <laughs> and it said, creative satisfaction is highly underrated, and your money spends much better when you have it. And, yes. right, and I got it. Like, Road Dog saw it, and he didn't like it too much. <laughs> well, and that's like, like I mean, if you've, you, you've talked to Nick Aldis, like, yes. Nick is a businessman. But he understood the long game of what this NWA thing was. And, you know, I give him a lot of credit in the world. He could have he could have easily stated impact, you know, back when 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 they restarted under yeah. Jeff and made a decent salary, maybe more than he would have made in the last year with us. And but he is now standing in a place that, you know, the, the one thing that we're looking to do, especially with main events, is to pay on the house. Yeah. Like like the St. Louis, like like the old St. Louis model. You know, it's going to take some time to get there, but if you're in the main event, you're going to make more than the opening match. Mm-hmm. It's just how it should be. Absolutely. You know I mean? and, like and, that's crazy like people that think everyone should get the same pay. That's silly. Sorry. Yeah, it just I mean, I mean, what is that even? I mean, I get well, it. I get the like, under- well, my, my my rate is this. Yeah. That, like one of the one of the reasons we book NWA 70 the way we were the only match we had advertised was the world title match, and that sold the majority of the tickets. So Cody and Nick's payday was based on the tickets they sold yeah. and you know, and the attraction. So when guys were like, well, my payoff should have been more, I said, you weren't even advertised for the show. Why, how yeah. can you say that you like this and, is your and, rate, which is fine like but, and if you like, didn't agree to like some kind of, like some kind of fee beforehand what the what are you even talking about that's that's the point and 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 some people wanted experience and and everybody has different ways to approach how they do their business you know I, I got in a little discussion with somebody of like you should never work for free well you should work you should make your decision on where you work how you work right. and for what you work for like right. In 2009, after I left WWE, I worked my first day at Ring of Honor for free because I want because at the time Kerry Sokin didn't understand. 
he thought that that HDNet at the time was going to produce the show and help him. And then he realized, oh, they nobody there actually knows wrestling. So I was able to translate both sides, and both sides were so happy that they ended up paying me for that day. But I didn't go in asking for it, mm-hmm. and ultimately ended up with a two year job. You know that that. I, if I would have asked for my fee up front, I yeah. most likely wouldn't have had. Yeah. Sometimes you have to prove value. That's what this last 18 months of the NWA has been. You know, we didn't ask for one dollar before NWA 70. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we didn't we didn't put it out for T-shirts. We didn't have a Kickstarter. We didn't have a, a Patreon. We wanted fans to fall back in love with something that people loved before, and I think that's what what's happened. And you know, again, Crockett Cup, we, we have two tag teams there and we're already selling tickets. Right. Yeah. And, and the, without a matches announced or an attraction, it's something that people love. And I think that is a, a missing element in various bits of marketing nowadays. People need to, to really like or love something and have an emotional attachment to understand why the money doesn't matter. It's the experience you give them. And Dave, I think one of the reasons tickets are already selling is obviously the Crockett Cup is the history, but people trust you and Billy now. You guys are so hands-on. You know, speaking firsthand, every time NWA comes to Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, there's an extra buzz around the entire event that day. NWA's here. So many eyes are going to be on this. And I imagine that's got to be the same with every promotion that you take the NWA to. Yeah, it's it's been really an interesting experience various places and and people's expectations and uh, going back to people who don't get it you know one promoter booked nick and that like was like ah, it didn't do anything for us i was like well what do you mean it didn't do anything for you and he's like well it didn't like i said it's it's really what you make out of it you know what i mean and and though like dave marquez obviously obviously understands the power of the nwa ring of honor understands it wwe understands it if you go on the network and they're hidden gems they understand the, the, the stitching that the NWA has um, in its timeline. Cody Rhodes got it. Look mm-hmm. at the success of his match at All In. You know, compared to everything else on that show, he understood how his moment would stand with that title, as opposed to him and Nick Aldis wrestling without the history. Yeah. It would have been a great match, but he understood the value of that history and that list. And people... Like, like it's hard for me now to look at the WWE title because I feel like that because they've split the belt so much. It's hard to imagine the value of it versus. It, There's it, no it's sentiment. Very... There's no like you know. It's yeah the lineage. It's 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 been splintered into a bunch of pieces. Yeah, when it's hard because I think anybody that was a wrestling fan from 1982 to 1997 easily could list every WWF champion. Yeah. And it's just, it's hard now. I, like, I'd have to really think about it. And that's okay, but I think audiences, it's like you, like people can list off who won the Super Bowl every year. Like, it's important. Certain things are important. And then when you get down to the niche thing, you're always going to have super fans who want the Italian Missouri middleweight title. And they're going to be super passionate about yes. it. But that is that is a very niche audience. And there are there are businesses built on niche audiences, but you have to start at something that everyone understands. And the biggest, largest audience understands world's championships. It's why the Super Bowl draws, except for this year, which I, you know, I think anyone cared because I, I think that the story was hard in the Super Bowl. You got the like, all right, the Patriots lost last year. So you're not going to be rooting to see them lose again because now you're going to feel bad. I just didn't feel anything for the Rams. I just, you know, I didn't understand their story on, yeah. on a global scale. And then the game sucked. Yeah. So it's like, so, so of course the Super Bowl is going to be disappointing. If, but everyone remember that the, what what you walk away with the headline: the Patriots won their sixth Super Bowl. So, 
people remember those things, and I think that's what we're looking to attach with our brand mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Well, speaking of the teams in this Crockett Cup, are there going to be any intergender tag teams involved? No. Not at no. all? No. Jim Coronet's doing the announcing, <laughs> Jimbo. You never know. They're trying to do things different. Yeah, well, but, I mean, come on, Jimbo. Jim has to actually feel good about what, like, and I'm not giving an opinion one way or another on what I think of it. It's just I can't see Jim doing that. That's Jim, all. Jim asked three questions that I will not ask you, but he was like, X, Y, and Z are happening at this Crockett Cup, then it's not something I would really like to be behind. And I let him know that X, Y, and Z weren't happening. No dick flipping. <laughs> was Y including the Young Bucks? No. No. No, and I don't see that. involved with AEW and possibly having them there? I think, I think we're open to working with whoever wants to work with us is the best way I can ask, answer that question. That's a great way to answer it. Okay. Dave, you we're, guys... We're, like, we've never turned down... We we I, we've talked to everybody, and it's really in the hands of the people in charge of every company that if they want to participate. Ring of Honor had no problem because we built a partnership with them. Hey, so Dave, so Dave, you, since you said that we've talked to everyone, have you talked to WWE? I think the discussions are open. Oh. I'm just curious if you've already oh, talked man, to them Jim at all. Oh man, having either. the revival and the Crockett Cup. Oh Ooh. my God. <laughs> That's but, that, but but isn't that what's really interesting to wrestling fans? Like, like there's so many shows. There's mm-hmm. so many shows that don't. I don't want to say don't matter, but it's hard to make people care. And there's 52 Raws, 52 Smackdowns, 52 NXTs, six Takeovers, 12 pay per view events, uh, and that's just one company. Then you got Impact, and then you got this company and that company. To make people care, it's it's really hard and. You know, the fact that an event could come up that people would really care and, and, and we'll find an audience for yeah. that. And, and that's where this is nice is based upon our scale, you know, selling uh, 1,600 tickets to NWA 70 and grossing $100,000. Nobody's going to sneeze at that for, for a singular event. That's right. You know, you know, NXT does that same type of number. You know, New Japan did less than that in Nashville, you know, and, you know, it's. It's it's unique that this is happening, and we're not out there pounding our chest that we're going to change the world. We just want to go back to something that we think people really enjoyed and offer something different. And that's yeah. just – every company should have a, a mission statement of what they're looking to do. And you go back and listen to Billy and I in October of 2017. We laid this exact vision out, and people joked, 20-year plan. This is – we're executing our 20-year plan because we have a vision that we really like. And the NWA has a warm and fuzzy feeling of Dusty Rhodes and Lou Thez and Harley Race. And I'm going to go see Dory Funk Jr. on Friday with Nick. Nice. And, and that's the really important part of Nick. And I, I, I want to make sure people really understand how much he's involved and really helped shape the vision. Because Nick is in line with those men who carried that title from Harley Race to Dory Funk to Ric Flair to Dusty Rhodes to Ricky Steamboat. He is the champ now. And they all call him that. And it's it's weirdly humbling to see this be passed down this way it's a tradition that's why we say tradition and legacy and now honor like because these everyone honors what this company stands for and it's not just sort of flavor of the month it proves that retro can be forward yeah and thank and and, you know i'm so happy that you guys did do this because and and nothing against those folks for trying but all the like attempts at keeping the nwo NWA alive, like in the 2000s, and you know, and all that, and then even in the late late 90s, you know, I, it's like it's nice to see you bring some dignity back to this. Well, and it's 
you know, I, I hate to put it that way, but man, no, it's what well, the, the the thing is is I, I joked that the NWA was a girl that everyone had a turn with, and wow, and, <laughs> and they all used it for slut shaming the NWA, are we? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but it, the best way to say it is is everybody like like I talked to all these promoters, and it was just really about them, and it's yes, like to me, there's a higher responsibility, even. Even Vince looks upon this company that he has that his father founded. You know what I mean? Like mm. he carries forward on a daily basis the brand that his father created. Mm. And that is a huge responsibility. Yeah. And it's why he always – it's why like the history of WCW and ECW is never celebrated because this is his legacy. And now while the NWA is not Billy and I's lifelong legacy, it's something we take very seriously and – you know, the people that had the NWA before, I, I really wasn't sure what they were attempting to do. You know, I think they just they were kind of trying. Well, it's a territory system. Well, OK, but how? Like, yeah. you know, if you get along, yeah. if you can get 10 people to agree to where to go want to eat, let alone pick what, who the NWA U.S. champion should be. It was all self-motivated. And by the way, that's their businesses. Their business wasn't aligned to be this way. That's why when Bruce Tharp ended up with it under sole control, it was the diamond in the rough that we saw going, this could mean something under a singular control, yep. but we're willing to work with anybody. You know, that title, Nick Aldis has proved showing up everywhere that he's shown up with it, that it is interesting. It, interesting point. Last WrestleMania, Nick Aldis sat ringside for the Marty Skrull, Dalton Castle, ROH match. And as, as always, I'm always right there with whoever the champion is shooting. And Nick walks out, and it's Magnus, 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 everywhere he goes. Nobody calling him by his real name. Right. Here we are at, at All In. Nobody called him Magnus. Mm -hmm. That is an interesting way to look at how this is spread. The Magnus name – so when people discover this – He's not Magnus anymore. He's Nick Aldis. And which like, is a pretty cool name already, anyways. Like yeah. I don't even know why he needed Magnus in the first place. So. But that's but that's what's interesting to watch this transition and, and a grassroots level, one person at a time. It's why I spend so much time talking to people because one, I like their feedback. Two, I like to I and what people tell you isn't really what they're feeling. Oh, I didn't like this match. Okay, what didn't you like about it? Well, I wanted this guy to get why. Well, I care more about this brand over here. So, well, that has nothing to do with that match. I, I always try to talk with people and get to the root of it. And I think that's what finding a, an ideal customer is. And I think what we're, we're trying to attempt is to find an ideal customer that is looking for something different, that means something to them, and provide them content in a way that is different than the marketplace, not just matches for the sake of matches. Yeah. Well said. Crockett Cup, April 27th, Concord, North Carolina. Yeah. Hey, Dave, is there anything you guys want to like, ask Dave real quick? I have one last question, actually. You recently had a pop-up in January, I believe. I wanted to yep. know if you guys had any more plans to do any more pop-up events. Yeah, and I think the good part about the pop-up event is it allows us to, at any time, do any type of an event. And, and the reason that that brand was existed is, you know, we look at events like Crockett Cup as sort of, I don't want to say A-level events, but big super show type events. The pop-up event was put out there because I think the live event, standard live event experience is standard. You know what I mean? Like you go to a WWE live event, it's a perfectly fine wrestling show that, that has no impact on the timeline moving forward or backward. When we do a pop-up event, we want it to be something that has some sort of cultural relevance. And if you, if you look at the Josephus uh, 
David Arquette hair yes, match, that yes. will forever be the attraction of that first one. And while we had a great world title match with Nick Aldis and James Storm, the pop-up event existed in this way that something unique happened at it that you would remember. Now, that doesn't yeah. mean we can't do a pop-up event that is a panel event which with Nikita Koloff and Magnum TA where they talk through their Best of Seven series. That might be a pop-up type event. That brand allows us to literally pop up whatever. We might just put that logo up somewhere and say, event here in two days, come free of charge, and do a pop-up event. Yeah. Like That's what allows that branding to be something completely different. It's why we made it so unique of a logo. It's the original logo with with a splash of red to catch your eye that mm -hmm. this is something you should keep an eye on. Hey, I wanted to, like, real quick, just because I know you guys got some pushback when you announced that David Arquette was going to be a part of that show. And, um, and I... I, you know, and maybe some people might not have actually attended because of that, but I'm pretty sure the ones that did uh, became believers. Of the, I mean, the guy, Wait, uh, come on, man, David Arquette's out there, you know, busting his ass, and, you know, um, and he's bringing more eyes and ears onto your product, oh, yeah. you know, and he's respecting the industry. We, um, I have, I have a long standing relationship with David. Mm -hmm. I met David in 2000 when he was the WCW world champion and I was working on Friends. He used to come to set and we'd talk wrestling. I reconnected with him 10 years later, and I think I've told the story before. In 2009 or 2010, HDNet was exploring to do the first ever 3D pro wrestling match. Like they wanted to do a whole show in 3D when, remember, 3D was like the craze for about 10 minutes in, in entertainment. We were going to discuss. I'm sorry, with, I'll tell you in a second. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. That's sorry. What we, 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 I discussed with David wrestling adam pierce for the nwa world title on the 10-year anniversary of him winning the world title wow. as an attraction in 3d as a thing david is a huge wrestling fan and honestly the story like i was happy people were upset because it's a polarizing stories are what get attention now yeah. just doing the safe booking the same matches everywhere and honestly the story we told with david was right on point with like like, I didn't really shine a heavy light on the death match, but here, like, Josephus's point was nobody wants you in the wrestling business. Right. So people galvanized, and honestly, David sold tickets. You know, in That's Clarksville, Tennessee, at. which yeah. doesn't have... David, like, like, stars don't go to Clarksville, Tennessee. So David did media in there, and people were still showing up. T uh, ticket time was 7 o'clock at 9.20, People were still showing up buying tickets because they had heard that David Arquette was wrestling in town and heard this hair match and had seen the press conference footage and heard the radio interview and, mm -hmm. and saw this stuff. And it, it, it drew in the town. We did yeah. 1,149 paid like, in right? Clarksville. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, and David was happy to do it. I got an email today from them. They want to do more. Are we? It's going to depend. Yeah. But David is 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 in love with this business and anyone who craps on him, I, I like, why don't you like him? Well, he hurt, he killed WCW. If you believe that you wow. either need uh, yeah. glasses to understand history so or you need to watch him tape. He didn't kill it. No one yeah. person killed a wrestling company. Yeah. Uh, thousands of bad decisions. Not even Vince company. Russo. <laughs> and to follow up your it's point. Not, like, no. It's not, it's not yeah. fair to blame him either. And to follow so, up your point, yes, one of the no. biggest turnouts we've ever had for a taping was when Arquette and RJ City fought. And that's yeah. that was yeah. Arquette. <laughs> hey, and by hey. the way, we live in an attraction based business. Now I know, David Mark, Arquette I see the I see the sorry, I see the sign, Mark. Thank you. Keep going. Um, you know, the, the attraction based. 
Ronda, like two years ago, Ronda Rousey in WWE, you know, people were, oh, it's a one-off. She spent a year busting her ass and now is most likely going to be an event WrestleMania. Does she not deserve it? Guess what? It's part of the story. We need, we need antagonists and protagonists. That is what makes good stories. If you just have two of the same people fighting with the same perspective, that doesn't make people don't fight wars when they have the same perspective and think the same ways. Mm-hmm. You need to have conflict. Conflict yeah. makes everything go. There you go. And that's that's the, the way I look at it. That conflict makes everything go. Well, real quick, you, your 3D thing, it reminded me. Uh, the, the Milton Wilpon, one of the Wilpon family that owned the... the oh, I remember this. The Mets. <laughs> you remember they were going to start like a wrestling company or that guy? Oh, yeah. The, everybody, my roommate uh, at the time I was living with Lizzie Valentine. She had a contract. Yeah. Smiley, you know, right? Me, like, every, like, myself like, and Kevin, myself and Kevin Nash. And that was one of the things was it was going to be in 3D. I, I just it brought my... Like, <laughs> It came up. It, you just brought that back up, that memory back up. Anyways, yeah. enough about that. That was a whole different weird <laughs> yeah. story. Just, yeah, <laughs> it, but that's it's what's funny is is like there's all like starting a wrestling company. Any startup is hard, and starting a wrestling company because wrestling has a lot of uh, a lot of uh, people have a lot of opinions if they watch wrestling or not. Yeah, and it's it's a very hard business, and and I have. I, this is a master class in business that I've taken over the last 18 months, let alone not only creating content, but running a business, putting people under contract. You know, we have three talents under contract right now. And, you know, we started with one and we'll expand as we grow. But people are working for different reasons. And everyone's got a different reason from Willie Mack to Camille to to Nick Aldis to me to Billy. We all have a reason we're we're like this, and I don't say island of misfit toys, but we banded together because we see something different. And just, and by the way, every there's many different tribes who see stuff differently, and no one way is right. And everyone has a chance to prove it. And yeah. that's the that's the exciting part of this. Now is is everyone can have different success goals, and I think that's what I really enjoy is that oh, our cool, yeah. success is different than anybody else's. Right on. Hey, so hey, Dave, I, I, there's some there's some plenty of other things that I could keep on bringing up, but Mark. Mark in the booth said it's time to go. <laughs> Fine, Mark. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, hey, man, I can't thank you enough because you know I call you and like I, I hit you up last minute. Hey, can you come on in about an hour's notice? I appreciate that, Dave. Nope, it's it's you know we really you know that Jim Cornette did media this morning. Uh, Nikita Call off of Magnum Ti. We want people to. We want people to come back and just check it out. Very I don't cool. as much as I, I want people to buy tickets and tickets go on sale to the general public on this Friday. You know, we, we had a, g- a good pre-sale this morning. You know, we want people to come check it out. And I think what's good is, is our our events are different. And I'm not saying it's it's the best wrestling in the world. We just it's almost like this time warp. And, and our mm-hmm. hope with Crockett Cup is that you walk into 1986. And I think that's the, that's to me the selling point of this event. There, I will tell you this: there will be no LED screens. There oh, wow. will be, though it will be literally the graphics will be 1986 to 1988. Well, we want I people like to that. feel like they're walking back into something that 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 existed in a way, but but in a modern way. And hey, I think I, that's what's really exciting. I dare you to find the Malky brothers. Anyways, <laughs> I think, I, I, hey. George Don't think South. it hasn't crossed my mind if the Mulkies had kids. You know oh, well. I mean? uh, <laughs> you know, and that that's what's interesting. And, you know, how cool would it be one day if Nikita Koloff found his nephew? Wow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like that. that's the success of Karate Kid, the, 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 the YouTube show, tells me yeah. that people will fall back in love with things that their parents 
uncles, aunts, grandparents all liked because great stories have been have been great yeah. since the caveman days. You know what I mean? Yes. All you got to do is know how to tell it. And what's the best way for people to purchase tickets? Uh, a Ticketmaster will – I think uh, if you go to ROH Wrestling on the event page, there's a way to click over. You can join Honor Club now and, and get the tickets now or Friday via Ticketmaster. If you search Crockett Cup at the Cabarrus Arena, it'll it'll be there. And obviously through NWA and Ring of Honor socials, ticket links. 10 a.m. on Friday is the, the general on sale. You know, I, I know ringside is, is gone already, you know, as far as the Honor Club. You know, it's it's going to be – it's a nice little venue. You know, we did a TNA pay-per-view there. There's not a bad seat. You know, it's not a 30,000-seat building. It's, it's really a, a fun time. I'm actually cutting the 10 pounds that showed the site survey with Billy and I. You know, it's 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 an old school building, and I think that's what's great. Cool. Thanks. All right. Well, thank you again, Dave, and uh, Thanks, uh, I hope I see you when you come out here next week. Everyone, yeah, I'll, I'll buzz you. I'll let you know where I'm at. Dave Lagana. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. So good show. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Hey. So hey, last week I took the, sh- the show home without everyone doing their <laughs> obligatory. Hey, you can follow me at so. Let's start with you, Jimbo. Yeah. Oh, well, it was great to be back. And yeah, anytime I can make you. it back here, I'll definitely come. Uh, Master Public on Twitter is sending us some free good goodies to give away, some Lucha figures and some Lucha Brothers comic books. So stay tuned next week to find out about that giveaway. Denise will probably be in charge of that. And if you're in the Los Angeles area, Kevin Nash will be signing at That Wrestling Guy's store uh, Sunday from noon to 2. So check that out. Follow me on Twitter at Jimbo in the booth. All right. Uh, I'm Steve Coffin. You can find me on Twitter almost exclusively at Steve Coffin. That is K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N. I'm involved in a lot of pro wrestlers' uh, YouTube pages, similar to Dave Lagana. And if I'm retweeting the link, it's probably because I'm involved. All right, guys. And if you don't know already, we do have an official show account for XPOC12360 on Twitter. Check out at XPOC12360show. Make sure to tag, use the hashtag XPOC12360 because that's how we see all tweets and we retweet them and share them. And that's how we sort of build this community. So make sure to check that out. And then Instagram and Facebook at XPOC12360. And then for me at underscore Denise Salcedo and YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. All right. Championship Wrestling from Hollywood every single week on Fight TV Worldwide. Blackcraft Wrestling February 20th. 23rd in Toronto, and I'm very proud to say I'm going on tour with Rikishi. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that if you didn't mention it. Yeah, we're going to be um, in Sacramento March 16th, uh, San Francisco March 17th, the Brea Improv March 31st, and there might be another date, but I'll be all over on social media about it. Very excited to be working with him. So. Very cool. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you in a second what my you know, social media handles are, but uh, Hey, I want to thank everyone that's been tuning in to the show on, on the YouTube channel. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, the numbers are, are, are nice, yeah. and I appreciate that. And, I, and I'm glad that people are discovering that you can watch the show uh, because it's a different experience. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I appreciate everyone for uh, yeah. tuning in. And, and that's, that's YouTube.com slash Xbox. Slash yeah. Xbox, subscribe. Yeah, please subscribe. And uh, and so, all right. Well, we'll see you right here next week from the lovely Afterbus TV studios right here in North Hollywood, California. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Mark B. Donica, Jimbo Frank, and the entire Xbox 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow Xbox on Twitter at The Real Xbox and email us at xbox12360show at gmail.com. The Westwood One Podcast Network. <laughs>